<laughs> it's a Friday afternoon and everyone's in great spirits, so uh, we thought what better time than to get down to a bit of Friday football podcast. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you stop. like. What a stop! Just for Ben! Oh! I mean, that sort of stuff, we're, it's been, we're, be, we're bigger than that. That interview was just like the performance, flat. No. What, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, he's... Say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Fire it up, fire it up. I'm delighted to say that joined, I am joined when I eventually get the ability to speak in the studio this afternoon by the inimitable Dave McIntyre. Good start, Adrian. Great start. Yeah. We're already up and running, I will doing quite brilliantly. Soon I am pumped find about an ability the weekend to ahead. Good. Pumped. And you're back after uh, missing out on last week. Nathan Murphy, that is the voice of the one and only. The voice Nathan of Murphy. reason. Let's not get ridiculous. Um, we do have a tally to do from last week, but yeah. I believe that shortly we're on a promise. Uh, that Jared Gilroy is going to join us shortly and I'm really saving it until he arrives before we do a tally of last week's games of which Dave McIntyre didn't even bother his Barney to uh, (laughs) provide to us I had a lot on my plate last weekend Had you? what were you doing? I was doing Munster to lose Yeah Average and a game of the day after which I have to think Everton Arsenal Game of the day yeah And you prepped for this because it didn't come across on air <laughs> <laughs> well the thanks thanks for bringing me up there the precedence of all and that would suggest that you Monday, actually so bother your well. backside putting any time into making the selections behind the teams that you pick and then we can obviously oh, look yeah, back over the true. last few podcasts to say that your record would be an average how, how did your golf go on monday dave not very Tell well. the listener not very well what was was it was something that was impeding your progress or yeah i was suffering from a career and life-threatening injury right what was, what was the nature of this i don't talk about it what was the nature of it um, punctured lung right well it was yeah. in the, from, from, from punctured lung. 18 holes having to listen to you and a bruised rib at one point he had a shot and I don't know how you'd managed to but you popped up from the chat and went right I've booked an appointment uh, to get that scan next week <laughs> <laughs> like between you've just done this right now what happened? I had a pain in my glute by the time we'd finished the 18 holes <laughs> from I, was to to Kill- I was talking to Killian O'Connor yesterday he said he has a right pain in his glute he was going to have to get a scan on his maybe it's a male thing hole uh, it is for right. all the football, well, any, uh, any time spent with dubs results in a pain in the glute. <laughs> I'd say we'll have plenty more pains due from dubs over the last while. What? I'd, uh, I actually did pull a muscle halfway through that round the other, the other day. I know I'm only revealing this to you now, but uh, that's just a sign of what a soldier I am. What and a man. It, it was sore for a few days later. So that's why you're so poor on the back nine. Yeah, well, that and the fact that that was probably my actual level. Um, you're... I presume you've both just been watching the draw for the Champions League yes. semi-finals. Chelsea up against Atletico Madrid, the first leg in Spain. Real Madrid up against Bayern Munich, the first leg in Spain. Is that really going to happen? Are they going to be back-to-back no, nights? they are going to go ahead with it. UEFA, I think, have confirmed it. Right. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, be a good time for an old trip to Madrid. I'm actually going to be, now that I think about it, I'm going to be in Spain that week. I'm just a little train right away. How far? Are you with the wife and kids? Yes. All right, well, that's yeah. the end of that. It doesn't so. matter how close. <laughs> I love those guys, but I'm sure they won't mind me uh, just hopping on a train to Madrid for three days. Of those guys holiday. being your family. Yes. <laughs> your hotel could be midway between the Vicente Calderon and the Santiago Bernabeu and you still wouldn't be allowed to go. I could surprise her. Yeah, she'd be surprised. She definitely <laughs> would be surprising. We can all agree on that. Um, 
Right, we'll have plenty of time to chat about the Champions League and on, but uh, for the minute, it's to the Premier League we go. We're going to spend a little time to begin with chatting about Sunday's football. We have both the games, and of course the big one, it's Super Sunday, which for once in the season, it actually is Super Sunday. The biggest um, game of the season Liverpool so up against Manchester City. Dave will be commentating on this one alongside Keith Andrews. One thirty-seven uh, kickoff. obviously all the seven-minute uh, kickoffs in remembrance of the Hillsborough disaster, 25th anniversary this weekend. Um, Alwan, uh, Manuel Pellegrini, uh, speaking to... Uh, today I think in fact has said that I don't think this game will choose the title um, which I mean I can kind of see where he's coming from but you would foresee that this goes a long way to deciding who's going to be the Premier League champions um, yeah look any of the three results no matter what it is it will still have the Premier League title race wide open obviously a draw and if Chelsea go to Swansea and win in our second commentary game well then you really just have an incredible three horse race and the two teams that are involved both have their destiny in their own hands right now. A draw there removes Liverpool's destiny from their own hands. A draw is better for City than it is for Liverpool, as you just said. Yes. So I think, regardless of what happens on Sunday, I I would agree with Pellegrini. I don't think it's going to have a massive bearing because I even think after Sunday there will be more twists in the title race. Chelsea were 13-2 to to win the title race before Liverpool beat West Ham last weekend. I had a little bit of that because I think that they, it's way too big for Chelsea given that they're still very much in it, that City still have to visit Anfield and Goodison Park and that Chelsea will finish above Liverpool if they win the rest mm. of their games no matter what happens this Sunday. So I think um, Chelsea are way too big on that. I know we'll be speaking about Chelsea a little, in, in, a little further into the show but this weekend there will be goals. I'm putting my commentary reputation as uh, small as that and insignificant Tiny. as that yeah. may be I'm putting that on there being goals City haven't kept a clean sheet here since 1986 that's 22 matches where they failed to keep Liverpool out and you're looking at the two top scorers in the Premier League this season and two teams who have had major question marks over the defence throughout the entire season and for that reason it could be an absolute goal fest I think the opening 20 minutes are key to this game in fact I feel Liverpool need to be leading after 20 minutes to have any chance of winning what the match what sort of opening 20 minutes do you envisage will it be this frantic frenetic pace or will they be feeling each other it has to be, be from Liverpool's point of view I, listen the atmosphere there's going to be at Anfield on Sunday afternoon with the half hour tribute to Hillsborough beforehand it's just going to be incredible you can imagine I'm sure the hairs will be standing on your neck before the match when you'll never walk alone has been played Liverpool. Well, I was at the Tottenham game a fortnight ago and that was one of the greatest atmospheres I've ever been at. And this weekend, as you say, will probably be better that significantly. This can't turn into a regular game of football from Liverpool's point of view where it's passed around the midfield because City will kill them in midfield if it comes to it with Toure and Nasri and Silva and Fernandinho. Liverpool need to just go attack, attack, attack with this fearlessness that Brendan Rodgers has spoken about this week. Play Sterling, play Coutinho, play Suarez and Sturridge, go with the Fordham, leave Lucas and Allen on the bench and get your goals in the first 20 minutes and see can City come back. It's funny how far uh, Liverpool have come over the last couple of months. They were beaten by City obviously on Stephen's day at the Etihad uh, company in a great old scoring game for they were City that day. terribly unfortunate to lose. I, would, I did the commentary in that game mm. as well. Liverpool were the better team. There was that Raheem Sterling offside debacle when he was yards onside and the goal itself the second goal Mignolet should have kept right. down to was a little fortunate in, in his finish. That was one of Liverpool's best performances was, yeah. of the season. That was the moment during that match where I thought actually Liverpool could win the league this season they yeah, were well, so it's, close it's funny it's funny you say that because Brendan Rodgers afterwards he spoke about the strength of City squad that day and actually listening to him I watched it back today uh, talked about his team evolving Trying, we're trying to camp out in the top four he said and he actually sounded like a lot uh, manager who 
didn't feel that Liverpool were actually going to be in a position to win the league this season himself. He's hardly saying that privately. We should say that Jer Gilroy is in the room with us. How are you? Afternoon, Jer. He said, uh, "By now, uh, by then, as in now, we'll be we'll be better by then." So this is kind of I'm confused. When did he say this? This was post the Stevens Day loss right. to Manchester yeah. City. I don't think anybody, which is right. Of I, I don't think anybody except Nathan Murphy believed that they were capable of winning the league after no, that game. I, I I did think after those couple of games they didn't play particularly well against Chelsea a couple of days later, but against City, who were at home, were outstanding yeah. that Liverpool weren't far far off that level with the fact they didn't have European football and the big difference between that now and then is that Aguero has barely played Yeah, and did City. you still think they could win the title when they lost to Chelsea four days later well it was a short term blip <laughs> short term belief which uh, as you if you've been listening over the last Shimeric. few weeks I have many of I, th- I thought that uh, they were going to be a much better side after that game definitely thought that they were the better team and were, were robbed we all sat around and watched the game on Stephen's Day at home and uh, definitely believed that Brendan Rodgers was getting a message through that was producing attacking but no sense that they were going to be able to maintain mm. a challenge that the squad was too thin their defenders weren't great at that stage I still had no very high opinion of uh, Sterling for example um, and Alan hadn't found a way through Jordan Henderson was only beginning to come into that amazing run that was around form. the time that Gerard was injured wasn't it that couple of months back he yeah. was, and Henderson was starting to Take in, over this in his absence, role. in Jared's absence, they yeah. started to play brilliantly. They crushed Spurs in that game, and everyone was like, "Oh, Jared is no good anymore. He's passed it." And then he can't play that role. And then, all oh, right, actually, it turns out he's very good at this. Mm. It's funny as well. Uh, people often say about this thing that, like Nathan mentioned there this day, that Liverpool know Champions League football this season. How that's been this great help to them, and that perhaps so that's kind of the main reason that next season Liverpool are going to challenge for the title, or so the people who feel that way would have you believe. But surely. Liverpool go on to win the league this season. They get a decent budget next year. They have Champions League football, get some players in, and the Brendan Rodgers plan takes another step forward. I, that could all happen. I still believe there's a hundred little things that could change between now and then that would disrupt Liverpool. They also need to buy five, six players. They need to spend 100 million quid minimum during the summer to have a chance of challenging for the title and the Champions League next season. No, we discussed this last yeah, week. I still uh, just think didn't this is that the it has to be now that there are going to be too many factors standing in their way next season that aren't present at the moment that will dictate it being extremely difficult for them. You can't predict what squads any of these teams are going to have after the summer, after World Cup. But you you can't predict that money will be spent in significant amounts by the top three. But if if Suarez does his Achilles or or if Suarez does either of his... uh, ACLs um, then suddenly Liverpool have no chance of and that's why cha- no, not having Champions League football this season has been so important yeah. Liverpool have had so few injuries which I would imagine is because they haven't had as many games as anyone else they haven't had to be playing players twice a week in fact now between now and the end of the season they won't have had more than a match once a week for the last 6-7 weeks which means they can play if Brendan Rodgers wants more than likely the same starting 11 every single match between now and the end of the season a uh, for me, everything about this says City, only that it's such a big day at Anfield. I think that might uh, spur on the home team and I'm going to go for a score draw here. Dave? I'm going to go for a score draw as well. Three of the last four matches between these two have finished 2-2. 
and for that reason I'm going with 2-2 and in each of those three games I've done two of the commentary saw the other one on TV Liverpool should have won all of those games I do remember the Carlos Tevez equaliser in the last 10 minutes two years ago and Martin Skirtle just turned around blindly and played it straight to him and that salvaged a point for City still likely to do that isn't he (laughs) quite possibly and score at the other end as well he does that on a regular basis he does well at both ends of the field I think it'll be 2-2 sure um, I I can make a case for every potential outcome. Yeah. I, I find it very difficult to make the case for Liverpool to win, given the emotional investment in the occasion. And yet, I am going to predict that Liverpool are going to win in the podcast. I may well have changed my mind by kickoff. I feel the emotional investment is what will win this for Liverpool. That the way they're set up, Brendan Rodgers, they're always ready to explode, and that emotional backing will just push them on in in the opening stages of the game. And again, going back to Aguero, if he does play, he's not fit. If he doesn't play, he's such a huge loss that City up front with Dzeko and with Negredo, they're just missing that little bit that Liverpool have in Suarez and Sturridge. For all the money they've spent, it's 11 years since they've won there, which is quite something. Um, If if Liverpool can make it 12 years, they really are going to win this title. Pellegrini has said this week that uh, Aguero isn't 100% fit, but doesn't mean that he's not going to start him, of course, and he has trained fully this week. So that's uh, Liverpool, Manchester City. Uh, 1.37 kick-off on Sunday. Dave will be there with Keith Andrews. Nathan, you'll be at the Liberty Stadium alongside the Colchester United manager, Joe Dunn, uh, for Swansea against Chelsea. A lot of the talk this week in relation to Chelsea is whether it was a master plan or whether they actually stumbled across a place in the Champions League semi-finals, I suppose, from Jose Mourinho's point of view. It doesn't really matter either way. But uh, it strikes me this could be the sort of platform that could spur Chelsea on to uh, beat Swansea, beat uh, Sunderland at home, uh, go to Liverpool, who knows, Norwich at home, and Cardiff on the last day. Not out of it yet, I suggest. Well, they're certainly not out of it, but we're not clear yet about Eden Hazard's injury, which could prove huge over the next few weeks considering yeah. they've no strikers despite the fact Demba Ba managed to somehow stumble the ball into the net and Charlotte did a pretty good job in his absence Edo's fit again though isn't he he is but Hazard is a step above all these guys particularly for a Champions League semi-final a lot depends on Mourinho's team selection as well he could knowing Mourinho just decide well he has an excuse with the Champions League semi-final rest a few players Ivanovic is going to miss the first leg of the Champions League semi-final through suspension so he might throw in Ashley Cole this weekend he might rotate a few of the players I I, I think Chelsea will win this game Do you think his team selection will have will, will there be any bearing in his team selection from what happens in the first game? Yeah Well no For Liverpool it, Yeah no. Oh in the like approach, it, it, but not the, the selection. At, at Anfield, will that impact Mourinho in any way? No, he's got to name his team an hour before kickoff, right? So it'll, he'll be watching the last twenty minutes and going, "Oh, oh, oh, oh Do they watch? Yeah, do do yeah, the player? Uh, uh, I wonder what happens there from the players' point of view because everyone else who's interested in the Premier League is looking at this thing, potentially apart from the twenty-two-ish players that are going to going to play the game. Um, managers, I watched uh, the America's game when the Denver Broncos won. I think the second year under uh, legendary Elway. Broncos quarterback John Elway and they were um, they were watching the other conference playoff or, or the conference final and didn't pay any attention to the fact that they were supposed to get prepared for their own game and found themselves 13-0 down against the Jets going oh Jesus we're <laughs> going to lose this so I, I suspect that you ignore everything except your own normal preparation and then somebody tells you what the result is and you either get this mad Philip going if it's a draw for example then suddenly they're back mm. in proper which it could well be a draw. Yeah, you don't want your heart rate rising maybe in the hour or so yeah. before the match, which will automatically happen if you're sitting there I found there it unusual it. during the week. The amount of praise that Jose Mourinho was getting when it was revealed by John Terry. That, that we, oh, you know, we had a scenario painted for every 
possible situation in the game. You know, one nil. Uh, John Mon did leading. this. Like, what are you? Of course, John Mon did this in '95, '96. That's his job. He's supposed to, you know, talk to the team about what they should be doing in certain situations. Ah, but we can't berate Terry for saying that he had planned for these things. Oh, no, What's not, the, no, no, the praise? Point the point is like, oh, huge okay, genius Mourinho is for yeah. going through some potential scenarios in the game that he earns He's four, six million yeah. a year to he should, I mean, he, he was right to do it. Job. The, the, the thing where he ran, ran down the sideline and everyone was going, oh, what's, I watched a load of news reports after that on the TV and they all said, oh, here's a typical celebration from Mourinho. He was quite clearly going down to give yeah. instructions. It wasn't a run of celebration. It might have started out that way when he kicked the bottle. But by the time he got halfway down there, he was only one thing in his mind. Yeah, I'd say there was definite. It's a lot... He's so slow now, it takes a long time yeah. for Jose Mourinho to run those 50 metres that he starts off going, he thought, look, I've got to make I'm, sure I'm that this now. looks like something other yeah. than what I used to do. The two players he grabs are the two players who completely has no trust in whatsoever, Dembaba and Fernando Torres. Precisely the two he needs to speak to, in uh, fairness. I guess so, there does know? still yeah, yeah. seem to be a huge underestimation Why by the books? general public of yeah. how much coaching players receive and how much work managers do. Because even Seamus Coleman coming out about Roberto Martinez saying he brought him in at half-time and showed him on the laptop here is exactly what I want you to do. If you peel off the defender in this way, he won't follow you. Seamus Coleman goes out 10 minutes later, does that and scores. Yeah. So even at halftime, he's sitting there with the laptop. But Roberto Martinez is one of the few managers who does that. Pep Guardiola, remember that video emerged of their um, trip to the Gulf and everybody's like, oh, Jesus. He gets into the middle of this, stops play, barks orders at them, shout, 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 shout. Everybody's like, wow, that never happened in football. I don't think a lot of managers, he's a tracksuit manager, he likes to get out there and wear tracksuits. I don't think a lot of managers do a lot of coaching and that's why Roberto Martinez is viewed as this mad, crazy, Arsene Wenger circa 1998 type revolutionary. Um, but would Mourinho not be Yeah, yeah, along those lines as well? Yeah, and that's why Mourinho's getting his credit, which actually all managers should be because it's it, it, there was a brilliant piece with Joe Dunn by Dion Fanning in the Sunday Independent a while back and he is exactly this type of manager as well who actually wants to get in interfere with what's going on in the player's mind in the middle of something to make them better footballers and uh, it might be interesting to hear what his take is Have you not seen the uh, gif of Wayne Rooney not making Dev Moyes during a training session? I haven't actually Yeah it's kind of hilarious because it's uh, it's not that long ago and Moyes nutmegs him in a sort of you know one of these let's pass the ball around a circle I'm sure there's another name for it and uh, so he does him and Rondo. then Moyes, is that it? Yes. And uh, so Moises uh, Rondo. Rondo. So it's around the, the Barcelona's do. And uh, Moyes is all embarrassed because Rooney but he has to he has to let on this face of oh sure we're just having the crack while Rooney's going, screw you, I just not made you. Moyes yeah. is all sort of embarrassed. Yeah, the, I mean I think the tradition in English football was that Glenn Hoddle would come out and do some tricks and show that he was the best footballer as opposed to you peel off the defender and he's not gonna follow you, which is Martinez not the greatest footballer of all time. Well that's a nice little segue back to the match we're talking about, Swansea Chelsea, because I think that was also a problem for Michael Laudrup at Swansea that he would go onto the training ground and go, Well listen, this is how I can do it. Yeah. Surely you guys can do this too and they simply couldn't and the players started to resent him a little bit well, is that but true? they don't have like, that problem with Gary Monk no they don't they don't <laughs> Chelsea's uh, results by the way post Champions League games this year uh, 1-8 uh, including the 2-1 win over City and the 6-0 win over Arsenal drawn 1 and lost ni- none it's the one before the Champions League they do crap in Yes, yeah. Which is funny, but, isn't it? Yeah, kind of odd. Uh, particularly some of the lengthy well, trips they've tired, had. But except they're not tired. It's that's a pretty good record. Taking your eye off it, yeah. And that has convinced me that they're going to win this weekend, Adrian. Yeah, so I don't think you that. need that, Ger, but... Uh, I did, I wasn't sure. They've like, only won once away from home since they beat City at the beginning of February. So it is a, it is the reason why they're not running away yeah. with the league. They're away form. 
But I'm going for uh, Chelsea, Nathan. Yeah, Chelsea. I don't think Swansea have the, bil- the ability to scrap like Villa or Crystal Palace did. For that reason, I don't see them putting up much opposition. And if Swansea lose this one and the Norwich-Fulham game goes against them as well, which I'm sure we'll get because that's the previous day, of course, Swansea are right in it. Um, Chelsea win, yes. Just before we talk about Saturday's matches, we uh, just to do the tally from last week, Jared, now that you've joined us, uh, there was nine games that we had to choose from. Uh, propping up the table this week with four drum roll, Nathan Murphy. Wow, bad week oh, after all your bragging last week. Well, I did get eight out of nine right. You did, so I was you entitled did, yeah, to brag. No, so I'll just keep quiet this time. Yeah, four, four out of nine, Nathan. <laughs> Second in the table this week with five out of nine, Jerry Gilroy. Uh, I beat Nathan. On top bragging, of the table this week, last. Adrian Barry with six out of nine. Pretty impressed with that. It was a West Brom beating Norwich that did it for me. Neither of you went for that. And uh, Palace beating Cardiff. I mean, pretty obvious, lads. Pretty obvious in, stuff in right there. In retrospect, it's pretty obvious, yeah. Um, right, Saturday's matches. A, Everton came up there. Uh, Sunderland against Everton at the Stadium of Light. And uh, Seamus Coleman, uh, Martinez, has been talking this week. One of the best full-backs in world football, talking about this football arrogance uh, that he has. He's an important uh, part, obviously, of what Everton do. Dave, Sunderland, Everton, Stadium of Light. Yeah, it's a huge game for both clubs. I think Sunderland are gone if they don't win this game. They've got games in hand on all the other teams around them, which I guess is at least some crumb of comfort. But the manner in which they took the lead at White Hart Lane on Monday night and then rolled over and died afterwards suggests to me that the real... Because he was the only real manager that when he was brought in by the clubs in the bottom six that it led to a bounce in the players' form. And I thought when they played against Manchester City in the League Cup final that they showed more than enough form to suggest that they were capable of staying up. And all that has deserted them. They led City in the first half. They were playing brilliant football. They're right up in their faces. And since then, their results are absolutely dreadful. Um, and I just cannot see Sunderland getting anything off an Everton team who I watched last Sunday tear Arsenal asunder. And I think Everton will just do enough to win it. I think they're going to be getting tired, Everton. But they're going for their seventh Premier League win in a row, which is pretty astonishing. And they'll they'll win this game. Yeah, I've have kind of doubted Everton over the past few weeks which uh, says more about me than it says about Everton uh, but I, God against Arsenal I was unbelievably impressed there such a reflection of Martinez he just came in and said this is how I want us to play and he has fitted the players into that system and empowered the players whereas if you just compare it to Wenger where the Arsenal guys just looked out on their feet yeah. no ideas whatsoever and it was just after 10 minutes it looked inevitable that it was going to end in a big win to Everton. Now, you still need the players to stand up and score the goals. And over the last couple of weeks at the match against Fulham, they've had Naismith come into the side. These guys aren't sitting on the bench angry. They're just sitting there waiting for their opportunity and taking them. We see McGeady coming on, making a real impression whenever he's had an opportunity. So they have a decent squad there as well, Everton, with regards getting tired. And that Ross Barkley, I know he had a bit of an injury, but he was on the bench last week. If they can rotate those three or four attacking players between now and the end of the season... They're going to be okay. They're going to be okay, but the, the only thing is they still have United and City to come to Goodison. Yeah. They will drop points. There's no way Everton are going to win every game between now and the end of the season. Arsenal could. I don't know if Arsenal will. I just think their form is so bad and uh, it's possible to see them being completely... The, the mind being overshadowed by the fact that they have a cup final and their record in cup finals well, against inferior opposition. they may not be in a cup final. <laughs> That's going to be a tough one as well for them this weekend, I think. The, is the, the, could the argument be made that Sunderland had the capacity to make it more difficult for Everton this weekend than Arsenal did last Sunday. Yeah, I think I think because they will set up incredibly defensively and yeah, and try and score. I, I think that Everton will win this in the second half. That's my prediction. 
I think they've done a lot of that this season. But again, you speak about Arsenal's system that Wenger came out this week and said, oh, I've only ever set up defensively once. And that was in the cup final against Manchester United, which was the worst, well, but also the worst game of all time. Yeah. But you won. Yeah. And at this time of the season, maybe that's all that matters. You don't really need, you don't have any style anyways. This is the other problem with Arsenal at the moment. It's not as if we're sitting there going, oh, they play great football. They don't. If they draw nil all those games away that they got hammered in, they'd feel much better about life. Which Presumably, is what happened in the cup final against Man United? Yeah, but I think the first few years they weren't winning trophies. At least the Arsenal fans would always turn around and be, "Oh, but look, we play the most attractive football yeah. in the league." And, and they, they were getting beaten in Champions League finals. Like, there's a, it's not an unsuccessful season when you reach the Champions League final. It's just that you were, you know, your stupid goalkeeper got sent off in the first twenty minutes. <laughs> and with Arsenal, if Arsenal do qualify for the Champions League, we know what we're <laughs> going to get next season. Similar again, battling third and fourth, getting to a Champions League quarter final, and probably not having enough with Everton. At least there's a little bit of a fairy tale. Yeah, and you would let it go at Ribs. Where, where are you going here, Nathan? Sunderland and Everton. What's the Everton? I think at just Sunderland are gone. It's going to be a clean sweep. Everton. Interesting about McGeady as well. Uh, two starts is all he's made uh, for Everton. Nine as a sub. Kind of interesting to see if he's going to be happy enough. Kind of comes in around the 70, 75 minute mark in all of those games. Interesting to see if he'll be happy enough to. He arrived. He was hang fat out there next season. So I don't think that um, I don't think he could have too many expectations to start games, could he? And, and he's come into a team they're doing extremely well. I'd say he knows exactly what his role is, and that was explained to him. And he, yeah, for once now he gets a pre-season under his belt. He'll be in good shape. That's more what I mean, and just in terms of next season, to see if he'll actually be content to uh, to play that role. If, if they'll be in Europe be. as well, so there'll be a lot more opportunities yeah, for him. Three times as many games. Uh, West Brom against Tottenham at the Hawthorns. By the way, Sunderland are the bottom team in the table heading into the weekend by one point from Cardiff and then a further point up to Fulham. It's uh, West Brom against Tottenham at the Hawthorns. Tottenham 59 points, four back from Everton in uh, fifth place. And West Brom are currently five points above their relegation places. It isn't that long ago the Spurs were like serious Champions League contenders. Obviously now five points back. Uh, from Arsenal but they do have a good run to come we always speak about this these fantastic list of uh, fixtures that they have which doesn't necessarily mean anything on paper given Crystal Palace's win over Chelsea the other week but albeit on paper West Brom, Fulham, Stoke uh, West Ham and Villa is a pretty good run in it's not entirely granted it is Tim Sherwood he's likely to do West Brom and Fulham are definitely not easy games at this stage of the season I'd much rather have Newcastle Southampton West Ham uh, Spurs yeah, I don't know. I look in the grand scheme of things, if it's City, uh, Arsenal, Everton, Liverpool, I'd take those fixtures. I, they're they're not obviously at this point in the season. There's a lot of teams going to have things to play play for, but uh, I would suggest that if there was anybody but Tim Sherwood there over the next few weeks, there's a possibility that Tottenham could actually continue to push for that Champions League place. It's only it? four days since they destroyed Sunderland, and you're still giving Sunderland the bottom team a hard time. The bottom team in the Premier What's League. What's he got to do? He's there saluting his top scorer on the sideline. This is correctly as management. well, saluting him correctly. Correctly, this yeah, is, with the Pamela hand the new way. Mm. Um, uh, there's no takers for Tottenham having any possibility of even getting fifth appetite for fifth um, around the table here. Well, of course they could get fifth. They're only like four points behind Everton. We've no. already talked about the games that Everton could potentially drop points in. No. Spurs are only five points behind Arsenal. They played no. the same amount of games. No, no, not only two it. points worse off no. this, at this stage of this season than last season, where they had a great 
No, I don't a think they're good campaign. enough together. But mathematically, it is very much possible. It's not just they? <laughs> it's not like a, a, re, a hugely outside bet. I think Tottenham still have an outside chance of doing it. But I'm going to say that West Brom are going to make life really tough for them this weekend because their draw specialists. I think five of the six games at home under the Pep ML have ended in draws, and they're just one win away from safety. And therefore, this could see, be seen as a negative by some West Brom fans. One win away from Pep ML being there next season. I'm not sure if they well, really want said that this at week, the club. I don't know if I'll be there next season and. Sherwood's already been linked with a move to West Brom. Well, that would just be a crazy move. <laughs> That's just <laughs> for who? For who? For both, for both of them. For Sherwood and for, West Brom. For West Brom. Tim Sherwood is destined for life as technical director at Spurs and when Louis technical Van Gaal are, well, some sort of... Surely there's no way he can remain at Tottenham after this. Role, well, they they want when, him to. When Louis Van Gaal really? gets sacked, yeah. he'll come in as caretaker manager for two or three games and he'll say, I want it and then they won't give the it to another. The Tony Parks role. Yeah, that's that's Who's the caretaker manager at Blackburn about 15 times. As manager after manager got uh, given their P45. He'll be doing co-coms for us next season. You wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Parks. I'll, get, I'll, I'll see if I can rustle up his number. Uh, Pepe Mal uh, saying this week the Barahino Morrison Rose brought the team closer together. Uh, the punch up after the 3 3 draw with Cardiff the other weekend. Uh, but the beat Norwich obviously last weekend. He says, Is it healthy? No, but it's something that's normal among players and young players who are ambitious. I mean, I don't necessarily need your uh, young players to be yeah. pumping a head off Barry each other. Barahino's throwing his weight around. Martin's not a young player, is he? No, he's not. Yeah, so. He's just ambitious, Jerry. He's not young. He's just amb- That's the category he falls into. Um, I was actually reading about, doing a bit of reading about Pepe Mel. It turns out he's an author of mystery novels. Am I the only one who didn't know this? I'd heard no, that as well. I I'd know. heard it. He's written uh, Liar and the Road to Afterlife he's and is currently working Steve on... Steve Bruce of Spain then. Steve Bruce is uh, a striker, defender. Midfielder yeah. was that the the run of, run of games? Striker the books? There was something else, something better than midfielder. A sweeper, sweeper. I have it here. Um, I, look, I actually had a look at Steve Bruce's books on Amazon. Uh, this is what I get up to on a Thursday evening. Um, and he he Steve Bruce's quote about this uh, series of books was, "Well, you could buy them for ninety cent on uh, on the internet. They're like two hundred quid." These this books that he wrote, while his own autobiography, "Heading for Victory," is ninety cent. They're two hundred <laughs> quid now. Yeah, to buy these sweeper striker defender. Limited edition $200 I would imagine just Limited edition in that They didn't publish very many of them Because they're crap um, <laughs> obviously willing to spend Barry slams all. Bruce writing <laughs> Without reading one word of it Obviously um, Right uh, West Brom Tottenham Which way are we going here Dave We need to get through these I pretty don't quick like going for draws Because they're so Unlikely But I think I'm going to have to Because I just don't fancy Spurs to win this game I think West Brom will dig in And take a point out Going to need one word answers here Jar. Spurs Spurs uh, okay uh, Palace Villa one word Dave Palace 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 that's a clean sweep of Palace uh, Fulham Norwich I'm going for a draw here the big one Fulham yeah. I'm going to go for Fulham if Norwich had kept Hewton in charge they'd get one word what? Nathan you're not from Norfolk obviously one word one word, one word Fulham uh, Stoke Newcastle Stoke Stoke draw Oh. Uh, I'm going to go for Stoke there as well. on Stoke Newcastle. Uh, and what else have we got? I think that's pretty much it, lads. I think uh, we're oh, Southampton Cardiff we have yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, I'm going for Southampton win here. Southampton. To say. Southampton. <laughs> Reluctant Southampton somehow. Thanks, lads. Enjoy your weekend. Cheers, Eric.